Hello, everybody. Uh, first and foremost, we want to say thank you very much for listening to our Seven Days podcast. We appreciate all the feedback that we've received. Uh, now, if you like the Seven Days podcast, Shoshana, can you tell our people what they need to do? Well, number one, you need to subscribe if you haven't already. There'll be a button which will say follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So make sure you click that because that'll tell you when a new podcast is out, which is every fortnight. Mm. The second thing you need to do is share it. Get it around. Tell all your friends or uh, particularly, I guess, any creative friends. If when you're listening to this, you're like, oh, this person comes to mind. Go tell them about it. Go share it. Get them to have a little old listen to it. Because um, we want everyone to enjoy and listen to the podcast, you know? Agreed. Very well put, Shoshana. Look, we hope you enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, we love you all. Click subscribe and we'll see you soon. Catch ya. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. I'm Shoshana. I am Dan. And today we have... I'm Kale. And I'm Colette. And we are the uh, directors and founders of 3D Arts Company based in Melbourne, Victoria. Hey! (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. That was a great introduction. That was probably the most official one we've had from a guest. Classic. That's very true. You introduced yourself. You're doing our job for us. It's great. I loved it. They're prepared, they know what they're doing, they've come so in done. here. Well rehearsed. <laughs> That's right. Seasoned veterans. <laughs> so good. Well, as you said, right, Kayla and Colette, you're the directors of 3D Arts, um, which we'll get into in a little bit, um, and you're very creative. I don't want to give too much away. You're amazing creative people, but in one kind of sentence, could you each summarise what your art form is? Like, what what's your thing? What do you do? Mm. Mm. Yeah, one sentence. Yeah, good luck. Great. Yeah, this is the this is the elevator pitch, is it? Uh, so, I would describe myself as a theatre maker and arts practitioner. Mm-hmm. What urban arts practitioner? Oh, nice. Oh, okay. You, you know, when you're filling out an airline card, not that we've yes. done that for a couple of years, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're writing your profession on there. Uh, yeah, that that might be what I'd put on there. That's a great way to describe it. I like that. Yeah. Whereas I, I think I want to add lots of things on my airline card. Um, <laughs> I I'm a dancer myself. I'm a choreographer, but I'm a a teacher as well. Uh, so put all of those three together, and uh, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> urban arts. <laughs> yeah, urban arts practitioner, really. <laughs> 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 so you cover a lot of bases between the two of you. Well done. Yeah. Now one of our one of our things with this podcast, right, is when we when we get you on, before we actually get into the serious stuff, we like to do a really quick fast five questions. Now it it's it needs to be quick and snappy here. So whatever kind of comes first to your mind. Don't worry, it's not like etched into eternity. It doesn't matter if if you're not happy with your response. They're normally pretty stupid questions, but uh, we're we're gonna hit you with five fast questions just to get to know you guys a little bit better, so the people listening get to know a few odd things about you, maybe. So, Shush, do you want to kick it off? Here we go. Early bird or night owl? 
Night owl? I'd like to be a night owl. My children like me to be an early bird. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can relate to that. All right. Mine is, what's your favourite day of the week? Friday, because I'm keying into the weekend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good one. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, presently, I really like Fridays because it's my uh, choreography day, so I get to play. Mm. Um, but I also like Mondays because it's my admin day and I get lots of boxes ticked. Ah, okay. I think I just plan less at the end of the week. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) feels better. (laughs) Did you have any, during COVID last year, did you have any random online purchases that now you look back and go, why did I buy that? And it was just during COVID. Oh, we had one of the kids had a birthday and (laughs) we bought double of everything. We, we bought everything, but it it hadn't arrived like a day before That's right. his birthday. So, so then we bought it all again. We, we bought it all again, but we did a click and collect and we had to get someone else to pick it up and then get it to us. So we had like so, twice yeah. the number of presents all the same. And, and we still had them at, in like November and his birthday is in April. So we then finally yeah. sold them off on in, in November. Yeah. yeah. That's there fantastic. That's a good one. That's a great one. All right, my next one. This is this is a, a question very close to my heart because I have strong feelings about it. But extreme heat or extreme cold? Now, when I talk extreme, like I'm not talking like you melt in it. Like mm-hmm. maybe 35 to 45 degrees or like, yep. I don't know, zero to 10 degrees. What would you rather? I've got this one. I Extreme cold, but I have to have one of those little fan <laughs> heaters blowing on me at high heat. He really okay. does. He, yeah. It's a really bad habit. Like, even if it's, <laughs> he has the heater on him all the time, even if it's hot. <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry, no, no secrets. No, no. Um, extreme heat or extreme cold. Uh, I grew up in northern Queensland, so I do like the heat, but I like the heat when you can do stuff with it. So, like, you can mm. go to the pool or you can go to the beach. Um, yeah. You can always get warm when it's cold, so I do like the cold. So, so I moved to Victoria. Yes. So. Yeah, you're speaking my language. I very yeah. We'll, we could have a podcast about weather with me. Like I'm very <laughs> adamant about it. That's the next podcast we're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just extreme heat, extreme cold. Um, and last question of our fast five, which hasn't been the fastest five, but that's okay. <laughs> that's probably on us more than anything. Um, if you could learn one new skill, what would it be? Oh. We're teaching ourselves to write a blog. So we're realising that that doesn't come automatically. There's a set of skills. You can't Mm. necessarily just translate being a writer or a theatre maker or whatever into blog writing. So that that would be a skill Mm. I'd I'd love to perfect. Nice. There's probably things I'd like to be able to cook. I'm not much of a a chef or a, a cook. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know my answer to that. <laughs> That's fair. That's right. we, can go, we can go with cooking. I think the thing that goes with that, though, is a veggie garden. I'd really like to grow Ooh. my own veggie garden. Uh-huh. I've got little pots, but it hasn't made it to the garden yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the woolly seeds <laughs> yeah. thing going, but that's it. So we're going to pivot slightly and 
I, in a very rough overview, I know it's really hard to do rough overviews, but we'd love to hear a little bit about your origin story. We do this on each podcast, just ask everyone who comes on, just to give us a brief overview of kind of how you came to where you are today in, you know, rough terms. Anything to add, Dan? Have I summarised that? No, no, you've summarised that fine. Just, yeah, just, I guess, the background of what you've done to get to where you are. Uh, and I guess pivotal moments of your life that have got you there, really. Yeah. 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 Oh, great question. Thanks. Thanks so much. We, so we run, and as Cole said, we founded an organization called 3D Arts Company, which we describe as an urban arts discipleship movement. And when, so over the last couple of decades, we have been involved in creative ministries through a large church in uh, the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And so we've always been, uh, we're both teachers um, and uh, artists ourselves. And so we've always been involved in the creative ministries and we've always been involved in the industry. And I suppose God had put a burden on our heart many years ago when we were traveling in the UK, probably going back about 20 years ago. We were in the UK. And funny enough, we were at a Hillsong London uh, service in Piccadilly Circus. And we felt like at that point, God was sort of planting some seeds about where he would have us planted and and grow from. And we came, when we were there in the UK, we visited a number of ministries there, uh, traveled to Manchester and saw, I suppose, a picture of what we felt like God was speaking to us about um, this kind of idea of using the arts as a vehicle to express God's heart to Mm. the world. And we went to some of the most disadvantaged places in Manchester and different parts of the UK. And we saw some amazing ministry initiatives and missional endeavours going on. Uh, One particularly, I don't know quite how specific you want us to be, but the 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 message um, in the UK was something that inspired us. So we come back to Melbourne and we felt like God had said to us, uh, had planted that seed for, for that sort of ministry and mission in Australia, but nothing really happened, I suppose, for, for sort of that, that 10 years where he was just growing us deep. I'll try and be quick about this. Sorry, this is the uh, succinct version. (laughs) No, you're right. Um, And look, you know, we had kids. Uh, We we kept serving locally and felt like God was growing us and kept teaching us and did that thing you do when you're an artist where you wore about six different hats and tried to kind of make ends meet and pay off your mortgage and those sorts of things. And we ended up having kids, went back to the UK about 12, 13 years later. And when we were there... We thought we were going over to plant our roots in the UK and to serve over there and to join in with this kind of um, arts movement that we'd seen happening. But it was very clear we were there. God spoke to us and said, you need to plant this in Melbourne. I haven't brought you here to do it here. You need to 
be back and grow where I've planted you. And so we came back to Melbourne and we took some baby steps, some really big risks at that point. And we never felt like God ever had called us to start a performing arts academy. We never wanted to be the directors of a company, but we started with one. We had one family that we shared the vision with and they said, yeah, we'll get behind that. And so around eight years ago, we took this little tiny risk and 3D Arts was born. And we now have a really varied and diverse expression of what 3D Arts is. We have a performing arts academy, several hundred kids involved in that. Uh, we have theatre company, we have a young adults theatre company, we have a dance company that are offshoot arms of 3D arts. We go into schools, we go into community groups and we work with community partners to pioneer arts initiatives to try and be good news and bring social change through the arts. So in a nutshell, that's kind of our story Cole, did you want to add anything? I uh, no, I don't think so. Look, I we both trained as artists um, at university, uh, which is where we met. Uh, so I think that's that that was kind of the the start of the journey. We both had that that creative um, desire to to do that mm. field, um, to be in that industry, uh, but we didn't know where that was going to take us. And mm. yeah, this is where we've arrived. Mm. So good. There's a really interesting, as, as you were talking, I, <clears throat> I've realised there's a common theme with a lot of people that I've spoken to that are in the creative arts around ideas that are planted for them and they're planted on travel so many times. Like, hmm. and I, I don't know, just while you were talking, I was like, hold on a minute. This is such a common story with a lot of people that I've spoken to before that they are travelling and something, it's like God uses that time to plant something in someone. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I wonder if that's like a, a vulnerability thing or, or what that is. And it's obviously you guys are prepared, right? Like, as you're saying, you had already done the work. You had your training. You had all the skills were there. And God used that moment to say, now's the time to go. And I wonder, yeah, I wonder. You've got something to say, though. I'm interested to hear what you say. I think the best way that we can understand it, and we've seen it, play out in so many different spheres uh, of our journey is this idea of the proximity principle. And it sounds like a sort of fancy idea, but I suppose what we understood was God was stirring something and it was our job to be obedient, to get proximal to what we felt like God was calling us to. And as we got closer, God's, God's voice became clearer. And so for us, the, the act of obedience was just, just go, just be there, not have any kind of roadmap, but just be proximal and get close to what we feel like God was saying. And as we got there, it became really, really clear. God closed and opened doors very vividly <laughs> yeah. for us. Very, Even- very strongly, uh, you know, um, the day of the meeting. <laughs> having really- having a, uh, our car break down twice uh, on, the way to- on the way to a particular meeting that we thought was going to be like, you know, this is the meeting. 
and then um, the, the, the car hire place told us the wrong petrol and we put the wrong petrol in the car oh, and yes. we, we just oh, stopped. No. And then our car was parked on the street and someone just crashed into it and, the and night before, so, yeah. so we we literally like we were fine we we were inside um but literally god was like no i'm closing these doors and <laughs> wow. but we we needed to get close to in order to i guess open our eyes and and yeah. go right this maybe isn't what we thought it was going to be and mm. then god mm. could reveal the next thing mm. to us mm-hmm. yeah Bit of an aggressive yeah. move by God, though. Just car, <laughs> car hitting your car while parked. That's a bit aggressive, God. Calm down. <laughs> well, it's really strong messaging. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not going to... We, we're not necessarily chalking that all up to God. We're just sort of saying... <laughs> we, 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 we felt like he was making it clear to us, to other people, and there were others who prophesied at that time that our place was definitely back here. But I think that mm. phrase of grow where you plant it. And I think what I see a lot, what I think we see a lot is young artists who have shallow roots. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the parable of the four types of soil and the seed, you know, things can spring up really quickly, but mm. if there's not deep roots in the soil, then they won't, there's that, that scent, they're not going to be sustained. There's not going to be sustained growth. And, yeah. and so I think, just hearing that grower planted you, and I think that's been an encouragement to us over many seasons where we've felt like we've been in and out of God's grace, just like, why is this not working? And then at other times, wow, this feels effortless, uh, has just been that thing about having our deep roots in the local church mm-hmm. so and having a spiritual family around us. So that, that's that been a key learn as well. Mm. So good. Oh, I love that. And I love um, just jumping back a little when you were talking about um, like you didn't know the roadmap, but you just getting close, that proximity, being like, cool, we'll just go here. And then God kind of reveals like the next door or not the, all the closed doors, right? And I think so often uh, we just want to say, God, show us the whole map. And it's it's a thing we've heard time and time again of, that no, sometimes it's just the next step, just the one thing at a time. But so often we're like, let's, I want to see the end. I want to see where we end up and all the little points in between. But it's just about being obedient in the little things um, and following his voice there. Mm. Yeah. So good. Um, can I, can I go back a bit to maybe when you were both younger before kind of the trip over overseas and, and the journey you just described basically Within your local church, with your art forms, did you find that as, like, was it challenging or was it, um, was it easy because you had champions that were helping you in those uh, spaces? Or just talk about kind of the journey of you locally with, you know, with your, your dance or with drama in your local setting. You're talking, because Crossway Baptist, am I correct? Is that where you guys go? That's our home base, yeah. Yes. That's your home base. So so you grew up there? So um Oh, here we go. Yep, I okay. Like this. So um uh yeah, Kale and I met uh in university. Um and at that point neither of us were followers of Christ. Um okay. and so we came to to know Jesus uh um in university and through a, um, a theatre company. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So through the 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 um, uni theatre company, someone that was in that 
we became great friends with them and yeah it was on a production camp actually that I gave my life to Christ um uh, which was really cool yeah um and uh then they invited us to Crossway uh, so, so Crossway was our first church, I guess, that we mm-hmm. attended, and yeah, it's it's our home church. It's um, yeah, our, our spiritual home. Uh, mm-hmm. So, in terms of uh, your question, in like our early days of of ministry, um, I'll speak from the dance perspective. Uh, so there was there was a group of really passionate dancers uh, at Crossway mm-hmm. when I started attending. And they would get together and do little performances for the the youth. So yeah. Friday night, it may yeah. have even been like Sunday youth at that point. I'm, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but they would get together and they would, you know, learn, learn the dance that's required. Uh, yeah. I came along and I had been studying at, um, at university doing dance. And I guess I wanted more. And at this point, that was when... Uh, yeah, I, I realized I didn't have to give up my faith to be in the industry, but it yeah. was a real wrestle with how do I, how do I keep dancing and have integrity and yeah. show the yeah. beauty of Christ through what we're doing and not just what the, what the world is wanting in minimal clothing and exploitation of movement and, and people. And, yes. and so that yeah. was my wrestle. Um, and mm. so uh, I, I eventually with a few other dancers there, we started going, well, let's, let's just dance. Let's, uh, let's, let's continue to do this rather than uh, waiting for a project. So yeah. initially yeah. it was kind of project basis. Uh, so they'd get together for four or five weeks before a performance, rehearse that, and then they'd stop. And so yeah. the relationships were really strong in that time, but then they, they stopped. So we, we started to go, well, creative ministries uh, rehearse on a Thursday evening. Let's join them. And mm. uh, we just started rehearsing every Thursday evening uh, while creative ministries was on. And we developed our own projects. We, we yeah. started creating. And then when we were asked to create something, yeah. we had the relational trust with each other. We could work quickly together. Um, but we also had things that we were working on, mm. uh, and that was, yeah, that was um, twenty odd years ago, um, and <laughs> we still meet on a Thursday night during Creative Ministries time. Um, it just looks a little bit that's different right. now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of a, a fast forward version of where it started for dance. Mm. Yeah, I think the key thing that Cole just shone a light on was that I think I think probably 18 years Thursday nights have been a making night and mm. with that you know before kids you're BC before children and then you know <laughs> we've got we've got three kids now to, you know two of which are leaders in in the ministry but I think being open and available and not product not always product focused. And I think, you know, for, for yeah. performers, it can be really, really hard because we we want an exhibition. We want that performance. But it's it's really important because our art, otherwise our art just stays in a silo. So it's important, mm. but it's not the end. It's, yeah. it's, it's not the end in itself. So it's both and product and process. And so I think for yeah. us, just trusting process. So we've mm. seen, if, if, if I just quick pick up your question, the, the meta narrative for me is that I, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. 
and but had always been a, a performer and and I look at the passions that God has put in me and the way that as I have matured in my I'm not saying I'm on a process of <laughs> becoming more mature I'm definitely not there but as I've as I've grown up uh, in my ministry God has started to use each piece of that puzzle and I'm doing more and more of what I feel like God has called me and made me to do as he sort of brings all those bits of that journey, that meta narrative and weaves them back together. And those things are converging kind of in this one role of leading this ministry called 3D Arts now. And so, you know, as I've, uh, I've got a very similar story to Cole where we just groups of performers that have high trust get together and play and build that relational currency and out of that trust is created and we can make something when people needed us to and we did we wrote work we took it to the fringe festival we tried to come alongside and say hey we're just the difference we're not trying to be everybody's answer we just want to be the difference in this space and there's some mark about who we are and the way we operate where we're being and bringing good news to people when people go hey guys there's something different about you mm-hmm. and people of peace are, are drawn to that and you know Jesus says in Luke 9 and 10 you know this this idea of just go out into the world and people who promote peace will be drawn to you when you find them stay there don't feel mm-hmm. like you have to be everybody's answer uh, so I think that that's been a principle at play for us I don't even know if that answered your question, Dan. No, no, that that's better than my question was. So it was great. <laughs> um, on that fact, you're saying, you know, you're going out into the world, the people with peace will, you, you know, you sit with that. It's, it's probably received well in those circles. I'm assuming you've had the opposite as well and challenges in that, right? Sure. In the secular, can you kind of speak to that? It, like, I'm kind of thinking if someone's listening that is wanting to embark on a journey that, you know, they're taking it out into the world, but maybe they're scared, maybe they're fearful that it's not going to be accepted by the the majority, which yeah. sometimes it, it, it may not be. Uh, yeah, can you speak to that in a bit? Like maybe the challenges you've faced there and, and what you've found that have helped in that or even success stories from that? Probably um, boots on the ground kind of example. One of the vehicles, I suppose, of 3D Arts is a theatre company. And this theatre company was... um, I guess we sort of say, you you can't really have a Christian theatre company. The the company itself can't can't be a Christian, (laughs) but the people who are in it can carry a faith. And so this, this idea of... I guess when I look at Luke 10, uh, just to encourage people, it's very, very clear that there are times that Jesus tells us to expect that people, you're going to meet people who aren't going to receive your vision and and aren't going to listen to you. And he says, that's okay, just just wipe the dust off your feet and move on. And as we kind of forge this theatre company, we realise that... um, I guess what what I wanted, what I saw was in in the context of Luke 10, Jesus sending people out in 
the context of community in pairs. They didn't go out by themselves. Mm. This idea yeah. of yeah. this idea of not being sort of an exposed lone wolf, but but going out with people that carry the vision and mission with you, so that when those struggles come, you don't feel like you are alone. And and I think yeah. that's been the key for me. Has been find one. Just find one to go with you. Mm. And then as you go, the band of people grows because they catch the vision. And and then as I, I guess as I've seen this this vehicle kind of move in the community, we've had a, 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 an incredible response over the years where we've gone, guys, we're making theatre come and make theatre with us. And so we've had people from all backgrounds and walks of life come and be a part of, of our community. And we've had people in there that have been clear people of peace, people who like us, listen to us, or want to serve the vision, and people who come in and have been great actors and amazing people, but haven't necessarily wanted to serve the vision and have moved on. And yeah. have gone on and made their own art, and that's awesome. And then other people who've become brothers and sisters and have mm. been with us in and out of season for many years. So I've I've seen that principle at play through that theatre company. Mm. Uh, and so I think your question was, how do we encourage people when they face opposition? Uh, mm. and, and I think just to sort of have our eyes open and go, it's going to happen. Yeah. But the commission is to go. And yeah. to look for people that are on our side, that catch what it is that we have a vision for. And if we yeah. don't find those people, that's okay. Just yeah. keep pursuing that mission yeah. and vision that the Father's put in us. Yeah. One of the grace notes for us has been yeah. that we've been each other's champion over many years. Yeah. And I think... As a married couple, it's been great to be on mission together. Yeah. But looking at the scriptures, you know, the disciples weren't all married, you know, like as if they did, and, and, but they, they had a, a brotherhood or they had, yeah. a, 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 you know, that idea of Greek, that Greek word oikos, that household of believers where they, they, they operated on mission in the context of community. And I think it can be really hard for us when we feel really isolated and mm-hmm. out by ourselves so so find that wingman or, or yeah. wing person yeah. to bolster and remind you what it is that god has called you to and i think yeah. also not that person to go to just when times are tough but that person will go hey you said you're going to do this have you done it hey hey mm-hmm. yeah are you going yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah just just an encourager a cheerleader yeah oh it's that so is- good that is really good because, yeah, you, you hear a lot of the times like, yeah, just go out and do it and, you know, keep keep the faith and you'll be fine, you know, that kind of stuff. But actual practical use of, no, find find basically a buddy. Have you got your buddy? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> that's like, yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's invaluable advice though. Like, yeah. like you need those people around you. You need to listen to the cheers of the champions that are around you, not the cheers of the crowd, yeah. right? So, no, that's that's great. Yeah. And I, I want to jump in because I think what you guys do is amazing, taking it to the um, Fringe Festival. Or, and I know you say um, you take it to schools and all over. Like you go, you very much embrace that. 
on the flip side, do you have any cool success stories or like when I say success, I mean like any cool kingdom wins, whether it's from within the company or from a, a audience member? Would you mind sharing a story? Um, I think it's really cool to celebrate those things and hear those mm. things too. Yeah, absolutely. I think for us, one of the good news stories is the slow burn of the gospel in the arts and I think as believers we've come we we both came to faith on the spot but we that's not everybody's story and I yeah. think what people are looking for is authenticity and mm. integrity and what yeah. I've seen over the years are people that have come in with perhaps really distant from God and people who might be a little bit skeptical and sort of perhaps even hurt. And I've seen people step closer and closer and closer to God over the years as they've been proximal to what's been happening. And now they are leaders in our community, people of great influence, people that are carrying our message and being and bringing good news to the community. So I've, I guess I see that story time and time again. People who are yeah. kind of really on the fringe have come in through some sort of project or, or something like that and are now... Um, uh, are now living a life of faith themselves and are uh, involved in our community. Um, yeah. Thinking about teachers that, that we have, uh, people who uh, have been involved in our casts, in our shows, uh, and our kids themselves who, who've come up through our Performing Arts Academy and who have started to own a faith and say, I, I want to be a Jesus follower but I know I'm also an artist. And now we've, we've got people who have, I suppose one of the really exciting things for us is when I talk about the slow burn, I mean kind of the long game, this idea yeah. of, you know, there are young people who we've been working with. Okay, so some of them have grown up in a Christian family, but they've had to own their own faith. And so, yeah. and, and some haven't, but we've seen them come up through an academy. We've started working with, the, you know, maybe when they were six and now they're 24 having graduated from, sorry, that's a really long time, but <laughs> try, try and um, condense that. But we might have been working with them with an early teenager and now they're graduated from performing arts, um, perhaps a performing arts degree, and they're now working in the industry, auditioning for gigs, and they're mm. carrying the DNA that they've mm. caught going through um, our, the, the ministry. So that that's something really exciting for us. Yeah, really yeah. important to know that they are owning their worth rather than just the the gig that they get. Um, and yes. you know that that doesn't define that job doesn't define you. This so has been a long answer, but one recent example has we were involved in a large scale, should I say, seasonal event. Uh, just a few years ago and I remember being at tech rehearsal and so try and picture you know 100, 150 people in the room high pressure uh, you know the temperature in the room is really tense and we're in the middle of uh, tech rehearsal dress rehearsal things aren't going well at all and we're often in a space where we're working with companies 
with people whose gig is simply to get in and get out and to rig the stuff, to yeah. operate the gear. And really, right at that moment, we felt like things were really hitting a wall and we felt like this, this, this really couldn't go any worse than how it's feeling right now. And really, some really unpleasant words being sent back and forth between different departments and we're right in the middle on the stage here. And... Just at that moment, one of our team turned around and said, guys, we can be the 3D difference right now. We can actually be the love and grace and peace of Christ in this moment. And it was really key right then because anything that anyone needed, we just said yes to. We said, sure, that's great. We just tried to de-escalate the situation and serve. And it was this incredible turning point where we realized... The 3D difference is just to be Jesus in the industry. Yeah. And and people to just come away and just go, why? Why are you, di- why are you doing that? And, and for people to just go, not even if they ask why, but to just go, those guys are good news. They're, they're easy to work with, you know? And, and I just, I feel like that for us was a moment where we can just be in an industry which isn't good news, which not to bring a dampener on anything, but a, you know, we're part of an industry that has a suicide ideation rate 30% higher than any other industry. You know, that's damning. And we need to be part of turning that tide. And so for us, how can we be different in that space? Yeah. That was a long answer to your question, guys. (laughs) It's good. I loved it. Just cut the bits that you need. (laughs) Go on. Oh, no, you never do that. No, that's right. Um, Now, 3D Arts Company, I get a bit like I'm kind of coming into this. I don't really know much about the company or you guys really before this. It was kind of like shush kind of introduced me to the idea as we spoke about before this pod, like, you know, Ken and Brian and... I kind of get a bit overwhelmed looking at what you do because there is so much to it. Um, I'm kind of like, I know you've you've kind of briefly covered a few things to do with like 3D Arts Company, but I'm kind of like, can you kind of just run us through all the different wings that you have? Because I think it's really important for listeners to know like how much you actually do within that company. Because like I'm I'm looking at your website now and I'm like, Man, there's a lot of stuff. You're in schools. You're doing all <laughs> oh, yeah. like, man. You guys do a lot. How are you all guys the drop awake? Down tabs. Yeah, I'm just like, how are you even breathing right now? You guys are pretty busy. I'm assuming. First of all, um, we have an incredible team. Like, yeah. it's it's not just us. Like, we um we have uh, an absolute gun team that yeah allow us to do all of what we do. Um, and when I when I say we, you know, our 3D arts to do, but yeah. I, I guess dialing it back. We have three areas. We have our academy, which is our mm-hmm. training uh, classes, and that uh, that goes from four-year-olds through to adults, so the, yep. the training. Then we have our community part and, and or, or our arts in action, we, we call that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so that's when we go out into the community. So community events, schools, uh, sometimes they're, there's, they're once-a-year events, uh, sometimes it's a 12-week 
uh, period where we're in a school rehearsing with them and we return every two years for their production, that type of thing. And the third part is our professional production industry arm, arm, which is our theatre company and our dance company. Mm. So that's not a lot that we do. Just those three things. <laughs> no biggie. A theatre company, production company, going into schools. Yeah, yeah. it's not much. It's not but much at all. They'll fit into one of those. So the logo is a, 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 those three dimensions. But I, I think that there's probably a couple of things at this sort of back end that sort of drive us. And I think we are motivated by this idea of shifting and impacting culture. And Mm. to change culture, so uh, language creates culture. Mm. And to change culture, we need to change the language or change the way people talk about something. When there's a shared understanding of what words mean, then culture is curated and or created and then curating it, we sort of craft it, I suppose. So I think for us, every vehicle in 3D Arts is a culture change agent. It's it's something that is it's a vehicle that we can carry that distinct vocabulary of what it means to be uh, a 3D arts artist out into the community or part of our academy. And so we see that as kind of this, we call it like a, a, a move, a movement, I suppose, because in all of those vehicles, although they kind of look like there's lots going on, they're just another expression of the way we make disciples, which is yeah. to invite people in, People are going to bump up against Jesus in our lives. We're, we're not mercenaries. We're not trying to you know, convert people. We're just loving on people. But we're using mm. the arts as the vehicle. And we're just using lots of different vehicles to change and shift culture. So there's distinct language around each of those things. And I think the other real core thing about us, uh, the, the other thing that motivates us, is each of those vehicles is a, um, is a vehicle for discipleship. And we understand discipleship mm. as... This, um, the the mode of Jesus was to invite people into his life and to say, this is what it looks like to imitate me. So imitate me. And and, and that that idea of discipleship being learning the life of Jesus. So when people come into 3D or we go out, they're kind of bumping up against Jesus and they're learning what it looks like to follow the life of Jesus. And it's up to them whether or not they want to imitate that. But what we're really hoping is that they are attracted to Jesus in us yeah. and, and they go, well, I, I actually want to follow this guy as well. And so we've, we've seen that time and time again. So, um, so that I suppose it seems like this great big smorgasbord. Um, <laughs> and, and really Cole's right. We, we don't, do it all. We have these amazing theatre managers and directors and producers and writers. Uh, But um, if it doesn't result in movement, then it isn't Mm. what Jesus started, I think is something we've been reminded of recently. Uh, It has to multiply beyond us uh, because otherwise it will stop with us. Uh, so, So how can we lay down the vision caught by others so they'll pick it up and 
multiply ourselves into other people. So I think yeah. that's been the challenge because early on it's really hard for other people to, to, to hand the baby to other people and say, hey, yeah. would you carry this? Because we just, you know, creative people just give their soul, right, to, to yeah. what they create. And so I think for us, learning to trust and empower other leaders mm. has been the shift for us. And I think uh, we, we've made that shift from it being know something that we're passionate about and we're just doing because we're doing it and then we do our work over here um uh to something that we are almost committed to full time um Mm. uh knowing when you know as as creatives we sometimes like ah yes i want to do that i want to do that but knowing the balance of I want to do that and there is a need for that in my community yep. or in, yeah. in that uh, the, the school that we're going to. Just because we want to do something doesn't mean that we should do something. And there's yeah. been been different things that we've we've started and it's just it's gone downhill quickly because there haven't hasn't been the support. And then there's been other things that we've started with just a few and then suddenly it's like, mm. wow, wow, that that was really needed. Um you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I oh, remember uh, the the dance, the youth dance group. We've we've gone on a roller coaster. Uh, some weeks we would have two or three of us, mm-hmm. and then other weeks we would have forty of us, and we are now <laughs> at the consistent forty. Um, but there were times when there weren't weren't many, but it was one of those. No, this this is one of the things that needs to happen, not just I want mm. it to happen. Yeah, I think yeah. Matthew Barnett, who started the Dream Center in LA, says, see a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it. And I think for us as artists, we've gone, what is the need in our community and how can we serve that? And so anything you sort of see on that website, we've yeah. gone, this is a vehicle because there's a need for that. And we've gone, okay, well, now our kids are 19 and are topping out and don't have a graduate space. So we've recently launched a young adults theatre company called The Edge. And so the, the, the Edge Theatre Space... Because there was space, the need. Because there was the need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. And I, I think that's a real kingdom principle as well. Mm. You yeah. know, go, go out, meet the needs of the, the least, the lost yeah. and the lowest. Um, you know, we, we also look, I suppose, at the... You know this this idea of what's at the heart of the the 3D arts vision is the three dimensions of Jesus loves Jesus loved the Father up he loved his chosen followers his brothers and sisters his extended family his in and then he went out into the world and mm. he served and met the needs of the world and I mm. think there's so for us when we sort of draw the triangle we try and sort of put that grid over. 3D arts. Yeah, cool. So how can yeah, we pursue really the three good. loves of Jesus? We talk a lot, Cole. <laughs> this is great. It is a oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's all we can You're our do. Guests. It's literally the only thing we can do on this platform. So you may as well do it. Colette legit just pointed at me and said, "I, <laughs> I love and the, and the polite laughter from them." <laughs> yeah, but you've actually no, got I'll- great stuff to say. As you were talking, I was like, we're, we're pretty lucky. We've got some good guests. Oh, it's so it, good. It makes our job so much easier when we get good guests, doesn't it, Shush? We don't have to oh, do anything. You just let oh, them talk. 100%. It's the best. I do want to jump in and I know I don't want to uh, waffle on for not waffle. It's amazing. This is gold. 
No, you, it's great. Um, that was the wrong choice of words. We'll edit that out maybe. <laughs> That's definitely staying. Great. Uh, no, I want to go back to the discipling factor. And um, I think I was just thinking about if I was listening to this podcast and, and not here and now talking to you, I would love to hear a bit more practically what does it look like when you talk about we try to, you know, we're discipling people and they're brushing up against Jesus. What does that look like? Does that look like just having relationships with people and taking opportunities to talk about faith? Or does that look like devotions in classes? Or what does that practically look like? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, great, great question. And it's going to look different and nuanced in different spaces of 3D. But it sounded like Mm. I was going to open that question. Yeah, I I was going to say it... um, it takes on different shapes and forms uh, based on uh, the the relation that the relationship that we have with the the person or the or the class. Um, you know, for for some of our younger classes, uh, we we'll, we'll just pray um, mm-hmm. at the start of class or at the end of class, or we'll introduce uh, a song at the end of class and say um, mostly we'll call it free dance and. Then slowly we might introduce the the idea that this could be worship dance and mm. it can be a, a conversation that you can have with God. Um, not all of our students are Christians, so mm. we we never force anything upon them, yeah. but we just share. Uh, mm. So in terms of d- discipling, it it's just sharing who who we are and, and our faith and the um, yeah the the belief of, as an organization that we have. And then, uh, I guess on a more um, relational level, we have a few of our uh, young adult uh, leaders. Um, I think they're all young. Some still like younger than young adult. Um, kind of that age back bracket of kind of sixteen to twenty five ish, where we we gather with them fortnightly, and we actually open the Bible with them, and we we look at yeah, scripture, cool. and we look at what Jesus did, and how does that apply to what we do? And uh, you know, we ask the question, well, what's God saying to you, and what are you doing about it, mm-hmm. and and how can we apply that uh, in our own personal lives, but also in what we do in three D arts? Mm. Yeah, I think looking again at the scriptures, it's pretty um it's it's really visible that the things that jesus did when the crowd was present were different to the things that he did when he was with peter james and john with the 12 and Mm -hmm. and and so i think for us there's a sphere that we operate in the sort of public or the crowd sphere where we can put on a show that is going to be good news to people and is going to present, uh, look, we, we, you know, we, we, we're not about doing things that are always, um, are, are always a, a Christian piece or, or based on a parable or anything like that. But, you know, we're going to do a piece, but it has a sort of redemptive arc. It's going to be good news to people. Mm. So we're going to do that in the sort of public space. So we're going to perform for people. We're going to make something of beauty and something that um, people want to be come and see and are entertained by. But then there, there's uh, those spaces where inviting people into those smaller groups, we can go deeper and we mm. can say, hey, 
we can we can bring challenge because we have such high invitation in their lives. We've created space for them to have access to our lives. But I think the key is is actually investing in leaders who will also do that because otherwise it's just Colin and I doing that. Yeah. So that's part of bringing together other small clusters or huddles of people uh, is to invest in them and disciple them really well so that they'll go out and do that as well. So it's not just yeah. just us doing it. But I think what's was going to say what's really key is that we're authentic and transparent that we love Jesus and yeah. what we do is founded on this framework of who Jesus is mm-hmm. and it's up to God who he brings into that space and for us to be and bring good news to those people if they're not believers. So again, I just come back to that Luke 10 principle and just to go, uh, we don't want to have a situation where people come to a theater and come and go, oh, this is great, making theater. Yes, and by the way, we want you to pray because that's just a bait and switch and that's not, that's, um, that, that's not a sincere expression of our faith. Uh, that's, just, that's just not good news, right? So yeah, we, we want people... To see and know that we love Jesus and we're making art as lovers of Jesus. But not everything we make is going to necessarily be, um, I'll say it's Jesus-centric, but it's not necessarily going to be about God or be about, uh, you know, what's in the scriptures. But it's going to be good news to people. So... Kingdom principles, right? It's like kingdom themes and it it doesn't have to be explicitly like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's like, let's, yeah, as you say, talk about redemption or hope. Yeah. You know, love, things like that is kind of what I'm hearing from what you're saying. We have um, uh, one one of our models uh, in our classes. It doesn't always work this way, but we try to have three teachers in a class. So you've got the, Mm. the lead teacher and then you've got an assistant. And then we have a volunteer. So that's our kind of year seven, eight, nine, ten students that are that show uh, interest. They show uh, leadership qualities uh, that the the three tiers will help disciple each other. And then as they grow, they'll the next generation will then be discipled. Uh, so it's not our uh, as in my responsibility to disciple everyone, but. Yeah. Um, to, to know that we're doing this, uh, it, it's a yeah, it's kingdom. It we are all part of the responsibility mm. of discipleship. I think that we need to redeem the word or or sort of reconstruct the word disciple because we we've sort of made discipleship a kind of professional endeavor when we know what we really want to do is put it back in the hands of the people, not the pastor and the pulpit, right? And mm. the idea of going. To be a disciple simply just means to be a learner of the life of Jesus. So how can we create spaces where people learn what it looks like to live the life of Jesus in the arts? That's all we're trying to do is distill down discipleship to that simple principle and look for people of peace. We're still learning. And we're still learning. (laughs) And, and, you know, once... The soil temperature is at different levels with different people and some people are ready to sit down and read the scriptures and just do discovery Bible method with people, study with people and just go, what's the scripture saying to you? You know, let's sit in the scriptures, let's pray together, let's worship together. Um, But people need to see an authentic model of what it looks like to live like Mm. Jesus did in the arts. Um, Yeah. So that's, yeah. 
Yeah. It's about that. having integrity in all that we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Honestly, I, I feel like we are so much in process as disciples ourselves, the, the two of yeah. us. You know, we continually learning more and more what it looks like to live that um, authentic, you know, be... be be a a practitioner of our faith. We we're not experts. We you know we're 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 in process. We're growing yeah. um and, and getting a lot wrong as we go. But there's these convictions that we keep reminding ourselves or each other of. So say, so, hey, remember, remember. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, it's gold. Uh, it's yeah, absolute that's... gold. What you're speaking. Yeah, that's really good. And I I actually think. Like, I could talk to you guys for, like, four hours, by the way. Just letting you know. I only just met you, but I feel like this conversation could go for a very long time. But... We do I, have a meeting I, to get to. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually think that might be a good spot to kind of leave it, Shush. What do you think? Yeah, no, I was thinking the same. It feels yeah. like a really great spot to wrap it up. Um, I think you just summed everything up. Like it, And it is a common theme with absolutely everyone we've spoken to and that's just been kind of amazing um just to hear like the the simplicity behind everything but also how hard it is that simplicity is actually quite hard but yeah that balance between what we do and actually letting go of control and letting god do his thing and actually having those first principles ticked off everything else flows from that and like I'll ju- I'll just say like I j- I just want to honor you guys um personally cuz like I said like I I didn't really know you before this I've I've looked into the stuff you've done basically in preparation for this um and I I'm blown away and even you you talked about language in- informing culture right and everything you've said over the last hour like I haven't heard religion or um like ulterior motives or it doesn't, it sounds authentic. I hear kingdom and, and kingdoms come up a lot. And like, I want to honor you guys. I think that that's phenomenal. Like I, I can't help but look at hearing your kind of origin story and how you both kind of came to know God and, and what you're doing now and how much they're in line with each other is definitely not a coincidence, right? Like there's no way you don't see yourself in all of these kids, right? Like, and that that blows my mind. So, just honor you guys. I think that's amazing. I think you're doing amazing yeah. work. Yeah, and I I love what you do. I have watched from a distance for a couple of years, just watching on social media and different things. And it's so cool. When I first encountered 3D arts, I just I loved that this was a vehicle for people out there, that arts and faith, there was a place where Mm. you could come and do that. And so thank you for being obedient all those years ago and, uh, you know, getting close and and opening, uh, going through the doors got opened because it's amazing what you do. And I... All the things, the way you take scripture and the uh, commandment of go into the world and you use your gifting, the vehicle of arts and go, great, let's go. But then you're also discipling all the factors. It is inspirational. And I think particularly as a drama person myself and a a bit of a dancer as well, I, 
am so passionate about these ministries and I love to see them thriving and doing well. And I think you're a great example of that and a great inspiration. So just mm. want to honor you guys totally for the work you've put in, for the way you lead your teams um, and so many young people and adults in your ministries. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but thanks for coming on the podcast as well. It's been yeah, so absolutely. great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having us. What a way to start the week. Yeah, it's, it's been a real privilege. And it's so nice to sometimes share what we do and remind ourselves what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes in the in the middle of it, you just yeah. forget and you just, you know, and yeah. you're on autopilot. So yeah. thanks for letting us talk. Absolutely. Oh, and like I said, I feel like we could unpack a lot of things over a lot of hours. So <laughs> we'll, we'll probably call on you again at some point, I reckon. Maybe Part we can two. unpack a few of these <laughs> practical discipleship <laughs> things or something. I don't know. I think you've got a lot of wisdom to give to a lot of people. We'd love yeah. to share. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, we better get writing that blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll be watching. We'll be good.